have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Silence! Our great and powerful Oz knows why you have come. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs> With Jason Burmes. And who loves you? And who do you love? Good morning. Good morning. Hello, everybody. I am Jason Burmes. This is Reality Rants, bright and early. Your Thursday broadcast. We're kind of all wrap it up during the week. I don't do a Friday broadcast. It's a lot for me. You know, anybody out there who doesn't understand especially in a show like this that's really driven um, without guests right out of the gates, without callers right out of the gates. Because believe me, I, I love doing those things. One of my favorite things, especially talking to people. Um, yesterday, um, my segment on Making Sense of the Madness, Chris Sky was on before me. I was able to talk to Chris Sky behind the scenes. I, I love those kind of conversations. But you get worn out, right? Like what what Rogan does, I think, is a little bit different because, you know, you never see him solo. There's always somebody there, like a comedy buddy, et cetera. And you can have the conversation. I can only hear myself talk so much. I can only look into this stuff so much. So, you know, for today, after we talk about this de-extinction company and we're going to raise the dodo from the dead and we're going to raise the woolly mammoth from the dead. We're going to make claims that we cloned human beings a long time ago via some weird alien sex cult. Huh? You tuned in early. You're getting the spicy. That's what you're getting. You're getting the spicy. Aside from all that, and that's what we're going to lead with, what do I spend my morning watching and listening to? Well, um, Agenda 21 was on my mind because I've been seeing it trend on Twitter somehow, some way. Agenda 21 is is trending, doesn't have anywhere near near the, the, the tweets about the entertainment and the sports and the yada yada, but it's trending on Twitter. So I'm like, you know what? Forget about Twitter. Let me go back to YouTube. Let me go to the United Nations own uh, YouTube channel and let me see what I can just quickly find in, in the next hour or so about Agenda 21. So I found several videos 
that, I, that I'm going to pop on that are directly from the United Nations website, including one from a decade plus ago in 2012, where you have this, I believe it's an Oklahoma representative. His name, I believe, is Bill Bryant, basically just scoffing at the idea that Agenda 21 of the United Nations are anything but the best thing since breakfast. And really, we're kind of on a platform where that's the case, where you're not supposed to speak out against the United Nations and their sustainability agenda and the idea that these SDGs, and they love three-letter, oh, ooh, a three-letter acronym hardens my nipples, SDGs, okay? Sustainability Development Goals. When they talk about SDGs, that's the idea that your standard of living is going to plummet and you are going to go under a global uh, IOT, IOB society, period. In fact, it's, it, it's discussed in, in a lot of these uh, videos. And uh, these videos, for the most part, I think the earliest one is from like four years ago, aside from what we're going to show the dinosaur one again, because I just can't get over it. It's over the top. Um, I've got actually a news uh, a news piece. I think it's from ABC Australia from over a decade ago, where they're talking about population stabilization in Australia and sustainable growth in cities. And the same mantra, man. And they got the cute little cartoons and they got the nice colors and they got everybody just laughing at you. Ha 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 ha. If you're like, hey, wait a minute, my power bill's going up. Um, hey, wait a minute, my money's not worth as much. Hey, wait a minute, you're telling me where I'm allowed to go and what I'm allowed to eat. Hey, wait a minute. I I I didn't sign on to this. And they always tell you there's gonna be different flavors of it, and there will be, okay, because wherever they can impose the largest amount of tyranny, okay, without any kind of physical pushback, at least significant physical pushback, they will do so. And it will be beta tested. And they will see how far they can take it. And then they will try to impose that on the next society. And really, that's a lot of what we discussed with uh, Jeremy McKenzie in Canada. And he said, look, you know, we're a smaller country. We have a lot of the same values. They're beta testing it here before they bring it to the big show. And he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong at all. So, you know, small reality rant in the beginning. This is reality rants after all. Got to be able to talk it up. I want to thank all of you guys out there that have uh, supported the program. Got to tell you, every week, I've been going to the dentist every on, on a Thursday. And, and one of the reasons I do it on Thursdays, in case it's it's too brutal, I don't have to worry about getting up early tomorrow. If I need the weekend uh, to recover, I can have it. Going today again. Getting some fillings and drillings, guys. You know, let me tell you. Brutal. 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 Um. However, you know, now that we're talking about me and hell, it's my show. Uh, as you guys know, um, I had a lot of weird, weird uh, medical issues over the last year plus, including 
what was like crippling vertigo uh, ended up being a thing called BPPV, where literally a crystal in your your ear gets dislodged. And guys, I, I don't know what to say about this, but it was one of the most wild, awful, just, you know, you know what I felt like? And I, and I, I don't think I verbalized this. And why, why not verbalize it in front of everybody? All right. And I'm, this is like going to be horrible to say, but but it's true. It's It's what I felt like. All of a sudden, I felt so helpless in certain situations because I knew that if I was just put in a physical position where, if, for instance, if I had to go tie my shoe or if I bent down the wrong way on a stool, completely immobilized, I could fall down and it felt like it was instant and that this could possibly degrade, right? So what uh, honestly, what it reminded me of is when I had uh, my dog, Jax, and he was one of, um, you know, the three American Staffordshire Terriers that I had at once. And all of a sudden he started like walk, the back of him started walking funny. Okay. And I wasn't sure what it was. Um, and, you know, it got to the point where we ended up taking him to Cornell and he had spinal cancer. And it was that, that was it. Spinal cancer is up through his brain. There was really nothing I could do for him. And I saw it degrade. And I was just like, man, this happened so quick. And I thought, wow, that could happen to me so quick. So, I mean, because they were telling me things like it could it could be a tumor or a benign tumor. And then they were saying cholesterol granuloma in my brain, like right behind my head. And um, and that was totally separate from my 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 vertigo. And, and by the way, the medical system was such that despite the fact that I had diagnosed myself with BPPV within 48 hours of the first instance, which was extremely frightening. I, I I did a thing called my own research, guys. I went to a clinic. Nobody listened to me. Nobody helped me. What did they do? Put me to an eye doctor and then another physician. Okay. And through that, the eye doctor, and then I had to get a primary physician. I told both those people what's going on. Still, nobody would listen to me about the BPV. Now we've got weeks going by. Okay. Finally, after I had been set up and taken a uh, MRI, which was the first time I'd ever been in one of those machines, which scary as hell if you've never done it. <laughs> Not, I, I don't recommend it. I, another thing that I wasn't really, you know, I haven't shared much with being in there. I felt like I was in um, a recording session with Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails on some really raw tracks. Cause that's the kind of like bump, 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 bump sounds that are going on the whole time. So, so then finally, after all that guys, I finally talked to somebody, a doctor who sees that I'm okay, but then I get into these positions and, and I could have what it said. They say, Hey, have they sent you to the physical therapist yet? I go, no. And I've been asking because I think that this is BPVV. Finally, I had to wait like another week and a half. Woman knocked it out in 20 minutes. Sent me home with a bunch of exercises. I didn't do one of them. I haven't had an instance. All of this started almost a year ago, um, late March, early April. I, I mean, that's how broken the system is, man. I, and it's one of the reasons that I also preach uh, independence and holding your ground. God forbid you're in tune with 
your body and and your reality. And the, you, uh, the funniest thing was that while all this is going on, several of the medical professionals that were talking to me seriously told me, hey, don't research these things. Don't look them up. <laughs> I looked at him straight in the face. I go, I can't not do, I can't do that. I've already been looking them up. I'm concerned about me. I'm so glad that you're so concerned that you don't want me to look into anything. Just wild town. Wild. Hey, but that's the reality we live in. And that's a bigger mantra. And, and it shows you how they want you to be subservient to, you know, every single one of these dictates. Actually, they say it when they say they, uh, the UN chief, you know, you know, and others talk about, you know, having a commodity on science, how that's a that's a commodity now. Oh. So, you, so I mean, just wild times, in my opinion, and they're going to continue to get wilder, especially with all, all the, the bioscience that's coming in. All right. So so we'll get to the sustainability stuff. I got a bunch of that. Uh, I bitched about the, the teeth thing. Hey, I'm just going to have to go get shot up again and just get drilled out again. And yay. Yay. <laughs> Talk about the dodo bird, huh? Let's do that. Let, let's lead with the story, guys. De-extinction company will try to bring back the dodo. Colossal Biosciences also intends to resurrect the uh, thiocene and woolly mammoth, an ambitious agenda considering no extinct species has ever been brought back. Okay. So, it's as Jurassic Park as it gets. It's been discussed not only with this company, but other companies and nation states for well over a decade in regards to the woolly mammoth. Or it, it, this has been talked about for a long time. I've been reporting on things like this for a very long time. So here are my concerns. Mm -hmm. There are concerns. Number one, I would imagine behind closed doors and in the halls of academia, corporations and governments alike, often colluding with one another under the guise of national security, okay, already done it. Now, does that mean they've resurrected the woolly mammoth? No. Does that mean they've resurrected the dodo bird? No. What do I mean already done it? They've already been doing cross-molecular biological directed evolution on a multitude of species. It's not really even debatable. And, you know, there's a new word or, or group of words in town called directed evolution. So you see it right behind me, directed evolution. You're hearing that now because of the Veritas video that got pulled. Uh, the Tuckins has been putting it up there. But it's something we've been talking about here, which is cross-species molecular breeding. Products slash life forms. Okay, it goes even beyond the genomic design and repair of the human species and what they plan to do with the planet via terraforming and geoengineering. Okay, it's right here, directed evolution. So unfortunately, for the better part of seven to eight decades now, 
we in the United States have done horrific underground experiments, some of which have been outed on human beings, period. What do you think we've done to things that aren't human? What is the definition of human when we're talking about cross-species breeding? We're talking about a thing called chimeras. Now, again, I want to take you back to what we know publicly about some very obvious yet odd choices. And you know what? We're going to do it live. I haven't done this one in years. But here's something I was reporting on probably close to 15 years ago at this time point. And it was the cross-species breeding of jellyfish with pigs to create glow-in-the-dark pigs. And really, you've seen um, jellyfish biology be because of that glow be utilized in a ton of different bio nanotech. Luciferase, anybody? Hmm? Can I say that out loud? He said the word luciferase. Oh my. So here we are. We're we're at YouTube. And everybody can see the things that I, I get interested in from, from NASA to computers to Mumford and Sons to video games. That's right. And there's a little Rogan in the corner. You know, I'm not sitting here watching alternative media all day, guys, believe it or not. So let's type it in. Glow in the dark pigs. Uh-huh. Da-da. Glow in the dark pigs. And there they are. Um, there's uh, kittens, monkeys, sheep. Um, we're nine years ago, the world's first glow in the dark pigs. You kind of see the neon glow on their schnattle. Okay. There's, uh, the gen genetically, uh, top seven genetically modified animals, uh, glow in the dark rabbits. They love the glow in the dark thing. Can't get enough of it. Here, let's just click on this one. This one's going to be good. I can feel it. Bum, bum, bum. There's always the music. Bum, 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 bum. It's always like the science breakdown music. A research team at Taiwan's leading national Taiwan University claims it has succeeded in breeding three male green pigs by injecting fluorescent green protein into embryonic pigs. There are partially green pigs elsewhere in the world, but the Taiwanese pigs are said to be the only ones that are green from the inside out, including their hearts and internal organs. The pigs are said to glow in the dark. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I don't speak Taiwanese. He says, in the very beginning, let's jump. We took the green protein extracted from jellyfish, okay, and injected the gene for, um, for the protein into embryonic pig cells to breed pigs. Now, this is almost rudimentary and old school at this point. But I want to take you back because we bring in back the dodo. We bring in back the mammoth, Jurassic Park. And that's what everybody talks about, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park. Oh, I'm glad they're playing this on the side here. That, that, that was just like the last of us. I'm, I'm, I don't need this video. I wish I could disable it. I just tried to pause it. Um, <clears throat> I haven't watched The Last of Us. I haven't played The Last of Us. I heard it's awesome. Uh, never been a PS guy. I've got a bunch of PlayStation stuff. Uh, maybe I, I, got the I got the remastered edition. Haven't touched it. I collect more than I play, guys. I've been playing some uh, 
Call of Duty World War II. Love a good World War II fight Nazi story. Love that stuff. Can't get if since a teenager, Medal of Honor days. I just something about those games I enjoy. Anyway, getting off on a tangent. Why am I talking about the zombie thing? Because often when people talk about and the dead shall walk the earth, and that will be our apocalypse, especially religious people. I hear it all the time. That's not how I interpret it if you believe that stuff. And I don't necessarily believe that stuff. If I were a believer in prophecy and I were talking about the dead shall walk the earth, I would think about cloning technology. And I would think about taking the DNA of famous people or loved ones, creating clones of those people. Now, not necessarily the type of clones that you hear about in certain sects of the alternative media where everybody's a clone and it's popcorn, clones and popcorn. No, 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 no. Talking about real deal, right? And you just saw jellyfish pigs from a decade ago that are on public display, forget, and all sorts of other breeds of animals. And that's just, again, the jellyfish DNA. You don't think they've done it with others? You don't think other, other nation states? You don't think Russia, China, Israel? Come on. The Middle East, Saudi Arabia, UAE, let's grow up. Of course they have. Of course they have. And according to Annie Jacobson, the Roswell incident was one in which, and again, I'm not saying this, that this is Annie Jacobson and one of her most trusted sources on the thing that basically told her they were part of all sorts of black operations he couldn't talk about with her, told her, you saw a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what was really going on, I'm telling you about. But he claimed the Roswell incident was Stalin, after the fact, getting a hold of Mengele, getting a hold of the Horton brothers, creating a uh, saucer-like, uh, it didn't even fly, apparently. So yeah, you, I don't even want to talk about it as a flight device because essentially, According to her, you had another um, plane, really, right? You know, another device, much higher up, dumping this on purpose in the United States with genetically modified humans that were made to look like aliens. And then when she asked uh, this gentleman, why in the world wouldn't we have just blown the whistle and said, look what Stalin did to all these people. This is horrific. And he responded, because we were doing the same thing, too. We were doing the same thing, too. Let me get Biden on you for a second. We were doing the same thing, too. Not a shock. And it's not a shock that from her book, Area 51, she gets into Operation Paperclip as the follow-up because she realized, oh, my God, post-World War II, we divvied up a bunch of these Nazis into our internalized, growing military-industrial complex system with Russia. Russia got some, we got some. It's like a little game, a little competition, a little competitionado. And NASA in particular visually, you know, rode on the backs of that. And now we know, especially if you watch this program, that NASA itself Okay, is much more than just 
a space agency. And the vast majority of what NASA talks about and shows you is a facade, is propaganda, is like a Holly weird Hollywood Kubrick production. I mean, that's what it is. Sorry. And in the background, they're working on technologies that are utilized via this sustainability agenda, via this 2030 UN agenda. Okay, SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. In fact, you know, one of the videos I got queued up here is the infamous Bushnell, chief scientist at NASA, talking about sustainability as a code word for your standard of living, plummeting, plummeting, down, down, down. So when I talk about clones and I talk about genetic modification, I talk about and the dead shall walk the earth again. You know, again, again, The Last of Us, huge show right now. I assume it's some kind of weird zombie thing, you know, with, with some bioscience on the side outbreaks right all these different outbreaks we've seen it again and again and again um it what the will smith movie all, all of it and so many people are like zombies that's it that's the apocalypse no 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 if you really believe in that stuff it's them literally resurrecting the genomes of human beings that had been on the planet before just that's my opinion okay and when we talk about human cloning and seeing uh, the Ray aliens back in the news via Kanye West. Yay. Yay. Not trying to insult you, sir. I know I, I, I don't I, I know I shouldn't use your name, but just everything is beyond parody at this point. And if I say yay, maybe people don't know. OK, so he put out their symbol and I'm going to be very careful about hidden images here, because for those that don't know, the uh, Raya aliens were really this weird sex cult led by a guy named Rael, who said that he had an encounter with some UFOs and some aliens. And then all of a sudden, he's got a weird guru following. And in the early 2000s, right, um, maybe even late 90s, I believe. Uh, let's see. Yeah. They claim that they had cloned a baby Eve. Okay, let's just, most of these are under paywalls, the, the newer ones, because there's still some right here. Raelian later says cloning first step to immortality. Oh, let's read some of this, huh? This is some vintage CNN right here. Okay, and, then, and this, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Now, now, the other thing that I'm reading this, I'm talking about this and the Raelians, et cetera, is because... They help pro promote this idea of other species on other planets. So many people buy into this idea of um, the Prometheus idea, at the very, very least, that we're seeded from aliens or that the people at the top aren't even human and they're shape-shifting lizard people, right? That was in the Inside Job cartoon. It's so popular. In fact, on Tucker Carlson last night, Obviously, tongue-in-cheek, I'm not saying that uh, Tucker is alluding to our dark or overlords actually being lizards, but he literally talked about, when we were talking about, I think, CBDCs, had Catherine Austin Fitz on last night, 
talked about our lizard overlords. And then if you didn't think it was just kind of like a passing joke, he put up a graphic of a lizard head in a suit as our overlords. Okay. And, um, you know, this isn't to pick on Ike or any of that stuff. I, I just don't adhere to it. I think we're, you know, and I'm not saying that there isn't spiritual aspects to this. I don't think, I'm not saying there isn't more to this. I'm not saying that all this is even human driven, but I am saying that the vast majority are human beings who believe in social Darwinism and that they can utilize the kind of technologies that we're talking about today, whether it be, again, look at the, look at what the, the key to this is in the, in the headline. Ray Alien Leader says cloning first step to immortality. That they're transhumanists that believe that they can get us to merge with machines and euthanize ourselves. Thinking we can upload our consciousness. So it's ridiculous. Again, absurd, but they're going for it. But then uh, use the biomimetics so that they can biologically live forever. So. Um, this is 2004 right here. Okay. And baby Eve, that's the story. Let's see how, let's how, see how CNN covered it. The leader of a religious sect that claimed to have created the first human clone Friday, uh, clone Friday called for the development of just the first, uh, called the development, just the first step towards human immortality through cloning. And, and I believe, again, the cloning was either late nineties, early two thousands, former French journalist, Claude, uh, Virilian, who now calls himself Rael, claims to be a direct descendant of extraterrestrials who created human life on Earth through genetic engineering. And that's the story we hear again and again and again. And we got, you know, Hearst Publications constantly shoving it down our throats with the uh, Ancient Alien series. All the, and think about that. It spawned out of a very, very fringe idea with Von Donegan and Chariots of the Gods and was just ultra popularized. And now take a step back and think of the implications of believing something like that and it not being true. Okay, because look, I'm all about truth. If I thought this was the truth, I'd be like, they did it. They engineered us. But I'm sorry, that, that's not what I'm seeing here. Okay. And again, I don't I don't have all the keys to unlock the mysteries of the universe. I tell everybody, 43 years young, barely know what happened the last 40 years. Forget about 100 years, 400 years, 4,000 years, 40,000 years, 40 million years. I'm, I'm but a simple man. And I'm about a simple man asking you to thumbs it up and get 100 thumbs up over on the YouTube and especially over on uh, the Rumble. And by the way, guys, if you're following me over on uh, YouTube and you got a Rumble, what, what are you waiting for? Rumble, we got a little bit more spicy stuff over there too. So uh, they're saying this right now. A company founded by his followers announced Friday that the first human clone has been born, a seven-pound baby girl dubbed Eve. The announcement was met with skepticism and concern since other clone mammals have had serious birth defects or developed health problems later. You're damn right they did. Because again, this was like the initial rollout phase that they were doing it. But in an interview with CNN, Rael dismissed concern about the health problem in cloned animals saying, I have no doubt the child will be perfectly healthy. Everybody in the world 
is now crazy about what if the child has a problem? What if, I say, what if the child is perfectly healthy and beautiful? I think opponents of the cloning are more afraid of that than of the false. Okay. Bridget Balsillier, the chief executive of the Ray Alien uh, founded company CloneAid, said Eve was created using DNA from the mother's skin cells and is a genetic twin of her mother, a 31-year-old American citizen. Now, again, I don't know any of this has been proven or disproven. I wonder if CloneAid is still around. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Let's see. CloneAid. Still there. Pioneers in human uh, cloning. The first human cloning company. Still around, really? That's uh, That's pretty wild. That's some weird and wild stuff. Horrible website. It says copyright 2006 to 2009. Doesn't look like uh, there's anything real here. But again, you never know. Uh, <laughs> the process steps. Let, let's not waste our time anymore, right? Because here we go. So founded in 1997. See, that sounds more like around the time. Um that this has happened. Now they're saying in 2003, they claimed that they had also uh, cloned a boy. Okay. I, I, no idea. And I don't know who this kid boo is either. If there's, if there's more that I'm missing via the realian cult and the pushing of this guy, you know, like I said, if we go back, oh, no. if we go back to uh, just searching here, realians clone humans, let me go to images. Yeah, this was the woman everywhere. There, and there's Rael that was telling us that we have cloned a baby, the sex cult. Yeah, what, what, I mean, I, it's bothering me. I can't find what year it was. Uh, and it should be very easy to find. And there's the uh, symbol, obviously, that caused all the hubbub during the Kanye West stuff. Oh, I love it. Look at that. Look at that. They got the dolly sheep thing. They got the alien and they've got the 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 uh, green pigs. I didn't even have to type it in. Maybe that's the magic of uh, my microphone being tapped and everybody else's. Because obviously, uh, Realian's clone human shouldn't have brought up the glow in the dark pigs. But the good people at Google saw it fit too. Okay. Got about 25 minutes left in the uh, non-paid portion of the broadcast. You can still listen to the premium portion of the broadcast for free over on Podbean. Go get the app. It's on here. It's on your desktop. It's everywhere. Listen in the background for free. Live, the Info Warrior. Find Jason Burmis. It's no problem. Otherwise, you come over to redvoicemedia.com slash Jason or slash Uncensored. It's 10 bucks a month or $100 for the year. Supports the broadcast. Locks it in. Going to be plenty of sustainability, plenty of UN stuff on the flip. but. I got all these juicy stories up here, and some of them I'm going to tell you right now are over the top ridiculous. And, you know, just like if you watch my show, Mixed Martial Mindset with John Fitch, and we covered uh, some of the good things that can be done. This one's going to be like, what, what, what this story you're covering this. And by the way, I saw people trying to diss Miss, uh, Mr. Beast for, you know, making a bunch of people who were blind able to see again and then giving them a car and an opportunity and an education firsthand real deal not some foundation bullshit so a lot of attacks on that i don't know that kid from a hole in the ground just what i've seen online and interviews i've seen with him 
very intelligent, very smart, and doing the right thing. And he doesn't seem to be uh, some kind of a sociopath that is hell-bent on world domination and sustainability goals. So yeah, I'm not a shock that people went after Beast. Meanwhile, all these uh, virtue signalers and collectivists, globalists, social Darwinists, sociopaths, they do set up the foundations. They act like they're helping you. And they're, you know, they got other plans. They don't have Mr. Beast plans, okay? Anyway, it's a horrible transition and a horrible lead into this story. But the story itself is so over the top and so horrible, I'm going to take you to a place, okay? Imagine being in Alabama and you pull into a parking lot. And in that parking lot, you find a dismembered human penis uh, at a gas station. I mean, you're on E. You're on the road. You're going cross country. You've already you've already been driving six, seven hours. And you just need to get some gas. And you pull in. Okay. And apparently there was a horrific crash at a nearby interstate. Okay. And, and why am I? Because this just shows you how crazy life can be. How, who knows what tomorrow brings? Um, the vast majority of us, look, and I'm not saying you, you don't have control over your life and, and your destiny in many aspects, but when it's time, man, it's time. And can you, I mean, that's the way you go. Horrific, horrific crash, and then you lose your penis. Just any anything could happen. Any anything could happen out there. I-65, there it is, right there. I mean, again, just a regular old gas station. N- nothing uh, right here that would would scream, "Don't pull in." Looks pretty cleanly. It's got the awning, so if it's raining, very inviting. And uh, you know, <laughs> just when I saw that, I immediately was like, you know what? We're gonna cover that today. We're gonna cover it. A- anything can happen. Uh, Next uh, story, transgender woman is charged with indecent exposure after stripping down naked and exposing genitals to minor girls in YMCA locker room on three separate occasions. It's out of Ohio. Okay. And these people need to be dealt with, period. If you're doing this to children and in front of children, you need extensive prison sentences. We need to ensure that these, this is a 31-year-old whip it out his non-dismembered penis in front of children. In front of children. And, you know, this brings me uh, to a story that was kind of upsetting to me. Uh, not, not just kind of upsetting, but, but, but yeah, upsetting. And one in which, you know, I, I thought to myself just about the holiday season. Why? First of all, not a huge Sims guy. Uh, I never actually played the Sims beyond, I think it was maybe even the first game that you play on the computer where you were really like building cities. And then there was an SNES version. 
And uh, for some reason, you know, I get, you know, you, you'd build up one of these cities and you'd be kicking ass and then all of a sudden everything would fall apart. I don't know anybody that had, a, you know, a long, very sustained city that worked out. You know, there's always some kind of disaster going on in The Sims. Gradually, the game turned into a much more personalized, almost second life type experience. And just recently, when I was uh, over in Virginia with my my girlfriend, and she has a uh, young daughter, uh, eight years old, they were playing The Sims. And one of the, the reasons they were playing The Sims is the fact that you could build your own avatar. And that was something uh, that uh, she really wanted to do. And, and we thought to ourselves, you know, we were talking about it and we were talking about some of the entertainment and how there's just so much stuff out there that, in, in my opinion, is completely inappropriate for children, especially under the age of 10, really under the age of 12 or 13. They've tried to make things younger and younger and younger. And now in the sim, I mean, they ruined the Sims. OK, because these are all updated. Everything's cloud gaming. You know, we're using the the Xbox Xbox Game Pass. It's time to go back to the hard disks, guys, and the old versions that don't allow your child to have top surgery scars and chest binders. What? What? Why is this crap being at? Look, first of all, this is an all ages game. Okay. What are the next things we're going to try to normalize in these all ages games that are supposed to be simulations of human beings? Because anything that they put in there, they're trying to normalize. And the idea that they took it into the children's arena with the top surgery scars is beyond grotesque and makes me never want to play any of their games ever again. So a library of like 20 plus games at this point. The Sims has been out, even though this is Sims 4, Sims has been out in every flavor, on every console, you know, on every device out there. Okay? So... I, I see stuff like this and it really gets me. It really upsets me. And it should. Because at the end of the day, as you know, and this is stuff being pushed by the United Nations as part of the sustainability agenda. That's, an, that's another thing people don't get it. Because the sustainability agenda is really about what? Them having command and control Okay, and directing evolution, directed evolution, directed evolution. We're talking about it more and more because all of a sudden it's in the public vernacular when you're talking about big pharma companies. But they tell you this. In other words, in other words it's not a secret they're going to be promoting this gender ideology. The World Health Organization recently announced that it is updating its manual on gender mainstreaming based on the premise that gender identity exists on a continuum. And that sex is not limited to men or women. What is that? That is their agenda. And it's in, and the agenda, again, it's not only take away your biology, your identity, your humanity, but integrate that into the sustainability of leaves and bicycles and recycling and windmills and peace for health and health for peace. 
peace for health and health for peace. And notice they use the word continuum. Oh, look at this. You mean the book from transgender to transhuman is using the same language when they're talking about billions of sexes and how it is apartheid-esque to stamp down male or female on a on a baby's birth certificate because of their genitals, which are accidental. So, so again, you know, I, I have to play like imagination land. Like this book doesn't exist. Like that's not the title, like the same thing that they're advocating for in this book is exactly, exactly what the United Nations is putting out there a hostile enemy organization, in my opinion. I'll say it again. I want the United Nations out of the United States and the United States out of the United Nations. All together. Gone. See you later. Watch out. All right? So on their own pages, you know, they got this new, oh, gender and health. And the, the World Health Organization has a role in it now. Oh, got a nice little... Little role, global peace for global health, health for peace and peace for health. It's the new initiative. Same thing that Biden's pushing. And now it's in your video games. Now it's in Sims 4. Now, do you believe that the Sims audience out there was just clamoring for this? Couldn't, when are we getting the update? I want children to feel okay with mutilating their body in a virtual environment. And, and, and this also integrates into the metaverse and all that. I, I've got that lined up. Metaverse, all, all United Nations, all World Health Organization, all Davos, all integrated. Okay? Same agenda, varied flavors and faces. Same agenda, varied flavors and faces. Collectivism. Okay. All right. We got some more stories. Again, 15 minutes away, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. Uh, the other links are down below to support me. I want to remind everybody, you know, on this YouTube channel, if you're watching here, we've got like 3,000 videos, including all my documentary films that are free. I, I would imagine over on Rock, and there's probably close to 1,000 videos over there because we've been posting uh, for three years over there. Odyssey has backed up my entire channel. So several thousand videos there. Uh, I've been doing this a while. Yesterday, I thought we played, you know, that uh, We Are Change clip, that prepared piece, um, you know, that edited piece from several years ago. Like to think it holds up today. Like to think it's just as significant today, especially with the news on James Gunn, the same very agenda. Where, where they're pushing this. It's not just the idea of transhumanism, but to take you there, you have to act like there's no such thing as influence anymore. What do I mean by that? No such thing as fads anymore. There's no such thing um, that you could influence somebody to do something at all, right? Now, now we are, we're in a place where we have to pretend like advertising doesn't work, um, like there aren't crazes that are manufactured from big corporations, 
right? Talk about social engineering. It's exactly what this is. Everything has to be nature and natural. And then, and then with their social Darwinism, that, that child, you know, they'll act like it doesn't belong to the state, even though it's the state that's taking control away from the parents, but it certainly doesn't belong to the parents. And then the state and its apparatuses and within this global collective unit, all right, gives them a protocol. And that protocol is carried out, carried through. And before you know it, all of a sudden, um, kids have more rights than their parents. All of a sudden, um, you know, this idea of a man, a woman, children, a family, that's even further down, down the road uh, than before. And I, I believe I saw the study uh, yesterday. Apparently, guess what? The United States is the number one spot for single parents. Numero uno. And I'm not coming down on single parents here. Believe me, I know how hard it is to make a relationship work. And I'm not a stay together for the kids guy. But I am the guy that's going to tell you that the strongest unit out there, the strong globally, and, and I'm not talking about might is right strong. I'm not talking about military strong. I'm not talking about economically greed monger, top of the heap, step on people, look at my car, consumer strong. I'm talking about the strongest unit on the planet is the nuclear family, period. It is. You want to know why? Because the ultimate truth is love and the ultimate love is truth. And that resides within that unit because in most cases, when those units are together, it is unconditional love for one another, despite the actions of each other that will be varied and sometimes won't be the best. You know why? Because we're human beings and we make mistakes, right? But that unit above everything else challenges, okay? This idea that you get to command over me, you get to crush me, because who really has your best interests at heart other than yourself? I mean, you know, you might have some good friends out there that you made great. I'd say your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, don't get me wrong, there's different dynamics and there's petty jealousies and all those other things. But for the most part, the family is that unit. And they want to destroy that. They want to act like that doesn't even exist, all right? Because if you believe that, if you think life is inherently good and important and that human beings are something to fight for, you might not take their digital internet of bodies technology. You might not want a headset on all the time. You might not want to believe that there is no God at all. All the religions are wrong. All right. You're not special. You're basically a zero or a one and you're fluid. And really, you can take whatever form you want in this metaverse. And eventually, because your consciousness isn't really real, we'll just replicate it in silicon. And then you can literally take whatever form you like. That's the road they're taking you down. Believe it. All right. We got some more stories. And remember, on the other side of this, 
uh, big time going in on uh, UN Agenda 2030. And I've got a ton of clips lined up. Um, might not even get through all the clips uh, now that I've been ranting and raving here on Reality Rants. San Francisco pizza shop fires employee over shameful and hateful actions after telling cops they were not welcome on the same weekend thousands protested the death of Tyree Nichols at the hand of five officers. First of all, like, what are you doing? I mean, this just shows how ridiculous some people are and this generation seems to be. Can you imagine? You don't own the business. You're not the manager. You just work there. Okay, you're the cashier. You probably haven't even, you know, graduated up to making a pizza. I've been in pizza shops. I know who you are. You're you're lucky if they let you over by the salad and substation. And people come in to spend money. And because you saw something on television or in your social media circles, that cops are bad, you tell them to hit the bricks. Wow. Well, I'm glad, I'm, you know, I'm glad this kid got fired. <laughs> One. All right. Glad they fired him. Um, two, I'd like to see more of that. And look, I, I served people all the time. I did not like. Yeah, nothing to do with police officers or, you know, you know, just individuals. I'm I'm a Martin Luther King Jr. guy. That's kind of all the way around. I don't judge you, you know, based on uh, the color of your skin, uh, your job, the clothes you wear in most instances. It's the content of your character. And there's plenty of horrible people out there. And at the same time, not my business. So horrible people, we're making money. You serve the horrible people. Long as they're you know, not disruptive. They're waiting in line. They're doing their thing. You know, as, as long as they're not like breaking the rules, breaking the rules. And first of all, the idea that you would project uh, your displeasure on somebody that just holds a law enforcement position because of what other people in law enforcement, by the way, who uh, at least two of them had some pretty egregious incidents before that shocker. Shocker, they'd abused their power and maybe, uh, you know, physically assaulted or abused people before this. Shocked. I'm shocked. But again, you get under this mentality of groupthink, herd mentality, okay, and this association. And these are the things, kind of things that are done. So I'm glad that guy got fired. Just want to put that out there. Ah, reclaiming Fukushima. Fascinating before and after images show how Japan is slowly restoring and rebuilding the radiation exclusion zone since the 2011 nuclear disaster. Now, when I saw um, just like a year, two years ago, I was seeing basically this and you were seeing a bunch of wildlife and animals that had overtaken the area. Now, first of all, let's just take a look at this. First of all, there's a lot of greenery. You know, even before um, they, they've started to rebuild everything, right, and develop back on it. So, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, I, I think in a lot of cases that we have been misled 
about certain aspects of radiation, nuclear power in particular, and even nuclear weapons for several reasons. Um, nuclear power. Why? Because it has to be demonized. You know, it actually is a pretty clean source of energy that could be utilized to empower humanity. Um, you know, just, you know, right there, like, like it could be used to empower humanity. And I, I'm just looking at this and 10 years on, it looks that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like literally it looks that way. Let's see. Um, ba -ba -bum. all right. So we are on the tail end of this. We got a couple more broadcast uh, stories I want to put in there. Uh, what has turned this sleepy Suffolk town into the satanic capital of Britain? <laughs> Latest census reveals that Bungay, population 8,500, has more devil worshippers than anywhere else in the United Kingdom. Bizarre story. Felt like I, you know, you know, had to. Uh, had to, had to at least read it. Behind the bar of the Green Dragon sits a pentagram, for dark forces are at work. It seems in an ancient town of Bungay, a serene spot, sleepy Suffolk, encircled by the River Waveney, with view counts, uh, with views over lush meadows and peppered with historic buildings, the market town has just been named the Satan uh, the Satanist capital of the UK. Recently released official figures from the 2021 census shows that around one in 120 of the local population answered Satanism when asked about their religion, a hundred times the national average. I mean, is this a goof? Did a bunch of people just get together at the bar? You, you would hope so. You would hope that this is a goof. Who knows? Uh, local politicians and residents insist they have never seen any sign of nefarious activities and suggest it could be a prank. If so, a lot of people are in on it. Let's hope so, right? Unless we get some dark stories coming out of Bungay with the uh, with the castle thing. <laughs> uh, Green Dragon barman Jack Feasy doesn't seem uh, to be overly worried. Around the size of a 50p piece, a pentagram, a symbol associated with paganism, witchcraft, and devil worship, might have been a dark charm worn secretly by the punter who left it behind. It, uh, its current home draped around the neck of a small plastic action character on a shelf behind the bar has made it a rather less menacing. So, like, I mean, you hope this story is a goof. Well, when I read it, I was like, yeah, you know, this is, I guess, a fun one. And I don't mean to take away from the gravity of people that have suffered um, actual satanic ritual abuse. I do believe that is a real thing. We have covered uh, the Finders, the Franklin scandal, uh, the Utah case, right? But at, at the same time, I read something like this, and I'm just like blown away of the absurdity. I had a couple more. Um, and, and this is kind of a serious story. This guy was gone. Uh, basically, they're saying that they found all sorts of devices with CP on this journalist. You know, this investigative re re reporter who resigned in April and he was gone. And now they have all this stuff. Uh, I'm kind of 
you know, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give my take on the other side. That's what I'm going to do because we're at the end of the hour. Um, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. We're going to be getting into Agenda 2030. we got plenty of videos. Remember, you can listen for free over at uh, Podbean. Just look up the Info Warrior um, or Jason Burmis for free. Uh, remember, we also release every single day that I'm on here, the second hour for free video-wise from two weeks ago. So if there was an interview or a segment that you felt like you got cut short on, please go check it out. I mean, that, I, I think we're doing it big. So with that being said, uh, let's let's start going down the line and leaving the broadcast. Rockfin, Arriva Durchi. You know what? Let's Before I go, let's, let me make sure no one tipped over on Rockfin because yesterday they did and I didn't read it, uh, but we'll do that. So Rockfin, we will see you on the flip. Thank you for joining me. YouTube, always real, but come on over to Rumble. Rumble it up. Twitter, we done. We done. Okay, and Rumble, goodbye. So uh, I'm going to give it a second as it takes a moment. Uh, let's see. XNBC News Reporter. Um, still don't have that up yet, so we're going to wait. And and like I was discussing, four of the five Memphis cops charged in Tyler, uh, Tyree Nichols' death have been disciplined in the past, including for excessive force and failing to respond to complaints. So, you know, whatever the failing to respond to complaints, the excessive force thing, I'm not shocked. I mean, they they beat that guy silly, right? Like the, the fact that that happened and, you know, I, I still can't, well, I can believe it. I can believe that the mainstream media is trying to make it about race. But again, we need people that are accountable. The, these people should be charged. Um, we don't need these plain clothes units, in my opinion, that are given all this power. Uh, I think it's a very, very dangerous thing. Extremely dangerous thing. All right. I want to jump into the sustainability. And right here, um, this is from 10 plus years ago um, with an Oklahoma representative. I think it's Bill Bryant kind of basically scoffing and laughing scoffing and laughing um, at the idea that the UN is anything but the best thing since breakfast. We heard about Agenda 21. Honestly, the first time I heard about it was when it came up in a city council meeting at Edmond, Oklahoma. This was uh, December of 2010. And the headline in the paper was that it was a public hearing to discuss uh, the city's sustainability plan. The city of Edmond is interested in, as lots of communities, interested in um, saving energy costs, uh, being economical, creating a better environment for their citizens in terms of bike paths and uh, enhanced lighting. Yeah, we, they just want to put lighting in bike paths. Yeah, it's just bike paths. I mean, I, I just... The reason we're taking it this far back is because there were people who were awake to this and still, you know, the way we're, we're still doing this. Just and so it was immune, uh, an exercise in municipal planning. But the headline was that the public hearing was shut down, basically, because a small group of committed, concerned citizens um, came in, stormed the meeting and said, this is all part of 
Agenda 21. UN Agenda 21 is trying to take over the city of Edmond, Oklahoma. And by the way, guys, th this is on the United Nations own. It's on their their own YouTube page. This is where I took this. They, again, they're laughing at you. Ah, ha, ha. Ah, the United Nations wants to take over. And no, they don't. Ah, ha. They want bike paths. 15-minute cities. Don't worry. You can go anywhere in 15 minutes on your bike. Um. It was, I, th you know, I wasn't there at the meeting. I've, I've read the press accounts, and what I've observed is that the the people who came in, the protesters, were um, probably overstepped because they basically accused the um, uh, municipal employees of being part of a UN plot. Um, I think it, they were very offensive to the elected officials that serve their community. Um, yet they did. So again, you're you're offensive to the elected officials serving the community. If you stand up a decade ago and say we don't want these sustainability agendas, we don't want the United Nations stepping into our everyday lives on behalf of Agenda 21, now Agenda 2030, or these SDGs or Sustainability Development Goals. We don't want them. It did succeed in closing down the public hearing. It had to be rescheduled for another date. Um, and they made some really wild accusations about the, the United Nations. I felt like there wasn't much we could do as a local chapter of the United Nations. I mean, if we protested too much that the UN isn't involved in this, it would just, I mean, it wouldn't convince the diehard um, anti-UN people. It wouldn't convince them at all. Um, I did send a, a note to the mayor of Edmond, and I said, you know, we recognize you've got a difficult situation on your hands. If there's anything we can do to help, let us know. That's. I mean, it's hilarious, these people. You know, and they're and, and this is about dispelling 21 myths. Oh, we're going to dispel the myths about Agenda 21. It's just, you know, there's no convincing these people that we want global governance. And there's just no convincing these people that sustainability is a good thing and that they should know nothing. And, and it's just so hard convincing. Now, to this guy's credit, you know, a decade plus ago, I bet that he didn't think that it would be a health for peace and peace for health initiative that involved, you know, the transgender movement of children. So, you know, at this point, I don't even know if this guy's still around because it's so long ago. But, but this shows you kind of the, the nature of those that work within the system and are just dupes. He doesn't know what's going on. This guy has no clue what's going on pretty much where we left it. That was in December 2010. In the spring of this year, uh, February, um, one of our local state representatives in the legislature introduced a, a resolution to condemn the United Nations, uh, to call for the United States to withdraw from participation in any UN agency, including the IAEA and just at World Health Organization, anything you can think of, um, and it got a hearing in the in the legislature. We became aware of it mid-February, and by mid-March, the controversy had died down. But in, within those 30 days, there was a lot of concern about, 
would the legislature pass this item? Um, our, our sense was that it probably would pass. And I based that assessment on two things. One is I talked with the, uh, the chairman of the rules committee, which, which heard the resolution first. And he said, yeah, it's probably gonna pass the committee and it'll probably pass in the house. Um, the other thing was that the Republican party had passed a resolution, the anti-UN resolution, get the US out. And this had been for several years, it's been part of the, the uh, party platform. And let me say this, you never hear about that. You never did hear about that. That's why we played uh, from well over a decade ago, uh, closer to probably 20 plus years ago, Ron Paul, amongst others, talking about getting the U.S. out of the U.N., and getting the United Nations out of the U.S. And, you know, what have I preached again and again and again? Take charge of your local governments when you can. And what we're talking about here are local municipalities within Oklahoma and people fighting against this system of globalism even a decade ago. And yeah, and yeah, man, again, there were people out there doing that. You know, this is this is after my time at InfoWars. This is years after uh, I had made the film Invisible Empire, A New World Order Defined, that talked about a lot of the uh, United Nations role in this of globalization from the road of the League of Nations into the United Nations with all these roundtable type groups and think tanks. Council on Foreign Relations, um, and you know several other groups. And many we talk about the club, club of Rome, obviously the Bilderberg Group, all in there. And it's really around this time, <clears throat> about a year after um, this comes up, that I make shade the motion picture and put this out there. And uh, around those same things of bioengineering, geoengineering. And what is really a eugenics type movement. Now, a decade ago, when I made that film, I, I did not foresee how rapidly we would be accelerating into the transhumanist nightmare now, now that we're 10 years on. But it, it's very apparent. And, and this guy is essentially telling you, yeah, there has been opposition, but you never hear about that opposition in the mainstream. And you certainly don't hear about it on a national level. And again, kudos to the Tuckins because he yet again mentioned the fact that Trump was the only person um, in modern history that had spoken out against NATO, another arm of this collectivism, of this globalism, and of this agenda. All right, let's get back to it. And re Oklahoma now is a Republican state. It's over the course of 20 years or so we've changed from Democrat to Republican and from top to bottom, every office is filled by a, a member of the Republican party. So that made us think this is a party effort to make a anti-UN statement. Um, the main thing I think for us as a chapter was to um, resolve that we, we weren't gonna let this pass without speaking up and doing something. Um, and I think we, we tried to look at it practically and pragmatically that um, even though we had been told that this was likely to pass, 
And even though we knew that the Republican Party had been on the record, we felt that there were still some uh, moderate, reasonable Republicans in our legislature, and certainly in the governor's office, who would uh, who could be our allies on this deal. Now, now again, this guy's talked for five minutes, saying he was going to dispel the myths. The myths surrounding United Nations Agenda 2030. He's dispelled nothing. He's just kind of smirkled and laughed. <laughs> He's academia. Academia personified. And look, we don't make it about right or left here, but we have to acknowledge when it really has been uh, the hardcore conservatives, the locals, um, those, those in that sect of the Republican Party that have been outwardly fighting this agenda. It's that simple. It's real. So um, we we geared up with, uh, first of all, to address our members and friends of our organization who could be relied on to to make phone calls and send emails and and get in touch with those key decision makers. Um, I appeared at the meeting of the House Rules Committee and I, you know, the chairman offered me two minutes to make our case. <laughs> two minutes to make our case. <laughs> I, and yeah, you spent five and a half minutes not telling me anything. This is one of the top things that comes up when you type in Agenda, 20, uh, agenda 2030 or Agenda 21. I'm sorry. Um, which it was it was interesting because the uh, Representative Key, the fellow who brought the resolution forward, uh, he spoke for a few minutes on the purpose of the resolution and uh, why it responded to uh, concerns of his constituents and and so on. Um, during the course of discussion of the bill, one of the other representatives, I think it was Representative Dank or Representative Liebman, the, his question was, well, does anyone in Oklahoma really support the UN? Um, and I thought he was just being flippant, you know, that no, we're not being flippant again. That's how detached you are. Does the average citizen of any state with, with any kind of real information, not just someone who's been propagandized through the education system, right? Not just some young person that's wired into global citizen man and the UN man. No, the average thinking person, the average person that actually is engaged in the political theater, both up front and behind the scenes, doesn't want any part of the United Nations. That The average person who just considers themselves an American citizen that goes to work every day and has, they don't, they don't want the UN involved in anything with them. Nada, zipple, zilch, nothing. I thought there would be a serious discussion about the merits of this resolution, what it would affect if it actually was passed. But then I realized that this representative was asking a serious question. From his perspective, as an elected official, he wanted to know where his constituents were, that if if no one spoke up for the UN, then he would vote for the resolution. That would be easy. He would be 
I mean, it was a political decision for him. It wasn't about policy making. It wasn't about governance. It was about how he should vote in order to put himself in the best position for reelection. Um, Representative Key answered his question. I don't know anyone in the state of Oklahoma who supports the United Nations. So that kind of set the stage for my remarks. And I guess the main thing I was able to say was that it's like the, the poll results that were announced. 86% of Americans support U.S. engagement with the United Nations. That is the most absurd ridiculous thing first of all engagement with the united nations no one says that you know on a global scale we couldn't meet or speak there i don't want to be in the security council i don't want their building in the middle of new york city and who are you polling 86 percent first of all i'd say even after the covid 1984 nightmare a, a good 70% of the U.S. population has no idea what the United Nations actually does, doesn't know anything about the UNIS or the United Nations International Schools or their agenda, doesn't understand the gender ideology of the United Nations, doesn't even really get the United Nations connection to the World Health Organization because they don't know, because it, it's not really discussed on a daily basis. And, and, and when it is discussed, it's discussed in a positive manner. You know, by guys like this, they're supposed to, you know, dispel all the myths of Agenda 21. Oh, dispel all those myths. Really? I, you haven't dispelled a myth. I haven't heard a myth dispelled. I didn't know with the latest poll results, but I know this has been consistent oh. over time. America supports the UN. I made that that case and I backed it up by sharing a resolution that was signed by our governor, UN Day resolution. And, you know, if sometimes you think that how important is it for the governor to sign a UN Day resolution? In most cases, it's a nice thing to have. But in this case, it was I think it was very persuasive because we had a, a Republican governor signing a piece of paper that said, Oklahomans support the United Nations. We appreciate the fact that uh, the United Nations has a mission to Afghanistan and is working to bring peace to that nation. And this- They did such a good job to bring peace to Afghanistan. I mean, I think, I think about the absurdity of this. You know, again, this is a decade ago, we're just promoting the United Nations. Like, like, seriously, what infrastructure did the UN build in Afghanistan or the Middle East that has benefited those people and that wasn't part of their biometric track trace database beta test? Again, in my film Invisible Empire, when I show you the UN World Food Program, promoted by Davos and the World Economic Forum, and they're showing you all these refugees and migrants, okay, having their irises scanned so they can eat and they can find work, that's not a positive.
All right. Oh, but the peacekeeping UN in Afghanistan. Yeah, because they did such a bang up job that when we had the poopy pants puppet in chief exiting Afghanistan, it was a hardcore disaster. Hardcore. It was at a time when 3,000 Oklahoma National Guard troops were deployed to Afghanistan. It made a difference for our governor to, to sign this piece of paper. It made a difference because in that resolution, we referred to um, a favorite daughter of our state, Jean Kirkpatrick, uh, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations under President Reagan. So our total approach was to show that it is in uh, the interest of every every office holder, but even the Republican office holders to support the United Nations, uh, to be consistent about that support that the uh, that Oklahomans do support the United Nations have have consistently done that over time. The outcome was that in the rules committee, the resolution passed. It was nine to three. It was just like the committee chairman um, predicted. But over the course of the next two or three weeks, the resolution was never brought to the floor of the House of Representatives. And there was a deadline, March 15th, you can't move uh, pieces of legislation forward after that date. So effectively, the bill died. And to this day, I'm not sure exactly why it didn't come up. Uh, I suspect that uh, the chairman of the Rules Committee felt like he had done enough to make Representative Key happy, to make his constituents happy. So, so let me just really stop it here. So once again, you just listen to this guy for 10 minutes. He didn't debunk anything. But it shows you how the system works. I, just a, a multitude of things that, that happen. First of all, this is on the UN's website. This is on their page. They talk about debunking things they don't debunk. Then you see how the system really works. So this thing gets overwhelmingly passed nine to three, and then the chairman never brings it up so that it can go on into the Congress and become an actual bill. You know, the bill doesn't move on and no one talks about it. I suspect what happens is, yeah, you were placating to a certain audience and constituency who thought you were doing something, but at the end of the day, you weren't. You were protecting the status quo and middlemen morons like this guy right here. All right, so uh, I got a bunch more videos here. I believe this one's from six or seven years ago. Also, this is uh, this is preparing the world for important population changes. And the interesting thing about this one, it's basically talking about uh, migrant populations changing societies, which we're seeing in real time here in the United States. But again, if you say that now, and if you acknowledge that now, all right, you're part of this quote unquote, great replacement theory. What? And I, I just want to say the only great replacement theory I'm worried about are human beings being replaced by automation and a hell-bent predator class that wants to replace the entire species. That's what I'm worried about. But in order to disrupt social systems and systems of government, 
Migrants have been utilized throughout history on purpose because they bring a different culture with them and all sorts of socioeconomic issues within communities everywhere. That is a reality. So this is uh, 2015, it's eight years ago, okay? We got the music going, lots of people everywhere, migrant populations. In the year 2015, the world will adopt a new set of goals for the next 15 years of sustainable development. So again, th these are the 2030 goals. This is when they start breaking out the little color-coded um, SDGs. And, and remember that I believe there are 17 of them, 17 SDGs, that they crowned Prince Charles at a World Economic Forum 50 with those sustainability development goals. Just want to point that out. How will projected changes in the world's population affect our ability to achieve these new goals? The world will witness many demographic changes over the next 15 years, but different regions and countries face different demographic circumstances and priorities. Between now and 2030, two billion babies will be born, each requiring access to healthcare services. Two billion children will reach school age, each needing access to high quality education. And more than 1.2 billion young people will transition into adulthood and begin looking for jobs. In some countries, the total population will grow, while in others, it will decline. One thing that all countries have in common is the need to plan for population aging. People aged 60 and older are now the world's fastest growing age group, ensuring their economic security in later life, meeting their healthcare needs, and protecting their rights must remain a top priority. Did it remain a top priority during COVID-1984? How did we treat our elderly? Nursing home scandals, anybody? Unable to access medicines in which our own defense department knew would work, all on behalf of a World Health Organization protocol and people like Tedros. And here he's going to lie to you and he's going to tell you that this uh, population uh, growth is only going to happen in cities. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Cities will absorb all of the world's population growth over the next 15 years. Did you just hear that? Cities will absorb all of the population growth over the next 15 years. That's not true. And even, uh, you, you know, you take a look at the mass exodus from large urban and city areas, especially during the breakdown of, you know, socioeconomic systems in New York City via the police. And via all the small businesses that were run out, people left in droves, many of them not going to other cities, many of them going to the suburbs or deciding, hey, I want to live in the country. I don't want to be around a bunch of people when authoritarian dictates are made by my government. Shocking. Shocking. This puts them on the front line when it comes to eliminating poverty reducing pollution and ensuring access to safe water and essential services. 
They're so worried about pollution. And man, when I hear essential, boy, I get upset. Who's essential now? When they started using the term essential worker during the COVID-1984 nightmare, I, I really got nervous because, you know, I watched Schindler's List as a child. And if you don't remember Schindler's List, let, let's see if we can bring up that clip. We'll do it live. Okay. Schindler's List essential worker. Schindler's List essential worker. I remember finding it very easily. Yes. Okay. Yes. They got the essential workers here. Okay. So, yeah, let's just watch this little piece of Schindler's List. Now, again, this is a, um, you know, Spielberg fictionalized version of history. Um, but, you know, that, that didn't make me very happy about the term uh, essential worker. Come with me. I am an essential worker. Essential worker. <laughs> yes. He's essential. I work for Oscar Schindler. Essential worker for Oscar uh, Schindler. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Twice as useless. I lost a day of production, Ralph. I work for Oscar Schindler. Danke, look at the snow. Look at the snow. Look at the snow. I lost a worker. I expect to be compensated. File a grievance with the economic office. It's your right. Would it do any good? Of course not. <laughs> a big shot from the SS Budget and Construction Office came to lunch and he told us that to believe the Jewish skilled worker had a place in Reich economics was a reasonable idea. A one-armed machinist, Oscar? He was a metal press operator. Quite skilled. Quite skilled. So, for those that don't know what happened there, okay, you had a system where if you were an essential worker in certain aspects, even if you were injured like that gentleman who didn't have an arm, okay, you were supposed to be left alone. You were essential, okay? And uh, Schindler uh, had this guy basically pulling a press all day because he didn't want to see him die. You know, this guy is uh, made to be a sympathetic character. I don't know the real Oscar Schindler. I can only tell you about the movie. But every time I would see something uh, during, um, you know, this COVID-1984 nightmare that was saying this person was essential or this person wasn't, all I could think of, I am essential worker. I mean, that that's what some of these people are going to be saying. I am essential, essential worker. That's how much they care. Oh, essential worker, twice as useless. And, you know, I... I you know, I, I don't even like putting fictionalized death up on the screen, uh, but certainly something that I thought uh, I should put out there. So let, let's get back to, you know, the uh, sustainability agenda here. You know, we're going to stop pollution. <laughs> Currently, there are more than 230 million international migrants in the world. Over the next 15 years, this number could increase by another 30 million people. International migration can be a transformative force for both migrants and their communities. 
So right there, they tell you it's a transformative force for the migrants and for the communities. Right in your face. It's right there. You know, I mean, again, right there. And be you say it's a transformative force. You're a bigot. You're a white supremacist. If you point out the same talking points these people were putting out eight years ago. In order to harness the full potential of migration for development, however, we must create sufficient legal channels for safe and orderly migration. Our greatest challenge for the future is to ensure that the world's population can thrive. We must eliminate both poverty and unsustainable patterns of production and consumption. Through a deeper understanding of how the world is changing, combined with better planning, stronger partnerships, and greater political will, we can create a better tomorrow for both people and planet. Did you notice right there at the end, even then, they're getting you ready. Political will, you'll have, you'll be riding your bike. Look how many bikes there are. You're going to be riding your bike. They got the windmills back there. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, get ready for desert style third world nation soccer. <laughs> I mean, come on, realizing the future we want. That's their sustainable development agenda. Okay. So, you know, we got another agenda 2030. I think this one's from six or seven years ago. Um, well, let's play it. In September 2015, all 193 UN member states adopted the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And again, they had their nice little color-coded system and their graphics. And now they're putting this agenda into high gear. High gear. They recognize that ending poverty calls for transforming our world through strategies that build economic growth, address social needs, and ensure environmental protection. To achieve this vision, 17 Sustainable Development Goals, known as SDGs, were defined as part of the 2030 Agenda. The SDG... Now, just take a look at this. No poverty. Imagination land. Again, it was my generation. We were supposed to stop world hunger, and that's number two. No hunger. Good health and well-being. Again, have they proven themselves for any of these things? Quality education. They're bringing the trans agenda full throttle via that. And they have the gender equality thing right there. Okay, right there with what? The equal sign all the way back in 2015, letting you know they're there for the non-binary anti-human movement too. Clean water and sanitation. They've openly said they want you to drink sewage water affordable and clean energy. Is that why it's so affordable now? Oh, no, no, you don't understand, Jason. It's only gonna be affordable when it's clean and it's only gonna be clean when we say it is. Oh, decent work and economic growth, bullshit. Industry, innovation, and infrastructure, okay? What, what that really means is that the haves and the have-nots, as we eliminate them, the have-everythings build an infrastructure of command and control. And that's what this reduced inequalities is as well. Okay. Sustainable cities and communities are the nightmarish 15 minute cities that I've been talking about and warning about that I discussed at length with Dan Dix of Press for Truth just the other day. In fact, I think he released that yesterday. Go check it out. 
Responsible consumption and production. Oh, you got to be responsible with your consumption. And when they say production, that means unless you go with our sustainable development goals, our ESG system, we're going to work you out of the corporate world as well. And then that's climate action in the form of an eyeball behind me. Climate action, again, makes you believe that you've done too much. You're bad as a human being. They're so concerned about the life below water that they'll continue all their military testing. They'll, they'll continue to put these, uh, um, I guess you call them windmills, but they're not. I mean, they're windmills underwater. They're underwater turbines that are obviously wreaking havoc on the ecosystem. Great. Life on the land. They're telling you they want to take over all of life. Peace, justice, and strong institutions. That's what we were talking about yesterday via the Sunni system and the idea that we're going to brainwash kids on behalf of this agenda. Partnerships for reaching the goals. Oh, and that's the awful collusion. But let's continue. And their targets balance the three dimensions of sustainable development, economic, social, and environmental working in partnerships and calling for action by all countries. All the countries. goals are integrated and indivisible. To capture the broad scope of the SDGs, five core principles have been included in the 2030 Agenda. And you notice how he said indivisible. That means we want it all. We expect it all. Everything. Us, us, us. The five Ps, people, planet, prosperity, peace and partnership. They underline the importance of eradicating poverty and hunger in all its forms, offering prosperity for all and ensuring the protection of the planet and its natural resources. They emphasize a world where peace and human rights are realized for everyone and where all countries and stakeholders act in collaborative partnerships to achieve sustainable development. So notice, even then, they're pushing stakeholder capitalism that you're hearing more and more about. These people are patient. The five Ps. We're going to, I mean, they're literally telling you that they're building a utopia. We're going to get rid of poverty and everybody's going to have everything that they want and the planet is going to be clean. Yay! These core principles also define the political priorities of the Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, the BMZ, when collaborating with its partner countries. The Ministry calls for Germany to fulfill its global responsibility, advocates leaving no one behind, and promotes approaches balancing the three dimensions of sustainable development. An example of how this can be done is the successful partnership for sustainable textiles initiated by the BMZ in 2014. Entering the partnership, businesses, politics, and civil society commit to improving. And civil society is represented by non-government organizations. So what does that mean? Civil society are billionaires and their minions that run the institutions that they've put into place to socially engineers engineer large swaths of the population awesome in working and environmental conditions in countries where textiles and clothing are produced that means that human rights and social and environmental standards must be met along the entire textile supply chain through its support, the BMZ ensures that our clothing is produced under conditions which are fair for people and nature. 
because, you know, we've ended sweatshops, apparently globally. We've, we've ended the sweatshops. There's no, no more slave or pseudo-slave labor. We're not even going to talk about the lithium mines, okay? We're not, we're not going to talk about the realities of the world. No, we're going to do it. Sustainability 2030, yeah, UN! Today, the partnership already accounts for 50% of revenues achieved by the German textile industry. And the aim is to reach 75% by the end of 2018. Everyone can make a difference and contribute to transforming our world in line with the 2030 agenda. For example, through conscious purchase decisions. We can choose organically grown and fairly traded products and should only buy the amount we actually need. You should only buy the amount you actually need. So again, they, they're you know conflating this idea of fair trade and organic food. Yeah, because the World Health Organization, the United Nations are so, so concerned with organic food and they're not behind things like, I don't know, printed biomass materials that you will ingest they're not behind things like genetically modified organisms both in your food and plant supply but in your animal supply too no they're not behind those things they've got smiling cartoon people in such an easy way we can contribute to sustainable development every day in many areas our personal decisions have impacts on nature and people around the world we therefore need to start taking our responsibilities seriously and adjusting our actions accordingly. We need to adjust our actions accordingly and be more responsible. And by being more responsible, I mean bending the knee to billionaires. Bend the knee. All right. I got some more clips I want to play here. Um, we're not going to get to all of them. Uh, but. We will play this United Nations, again, because the United Nations is awesome. They're going to bring in a cartoon Jack Black, and he, as a dinosaur, will tell us how terrible we are. Okay? Because we're awful. And, you know, this is about a year and a half ago or so, maybe a year. So, you know, still some masks. There's always going to be some masks. Oh, it's the Velociraptor. I'll whip out my phone and start recording. You know, apparently the Velociraptor also knows English. You okay? You need a minute? Cool. Okay. <clears throat> Listen up, people. Now, now, first of all, the irony of this. Uh, it shouldn't be marginalized. That's not what a dinosaur would look like, apparently, allegedly. Again, I'm not around. But even in uh, one of the later Jurassic Parks, I think it was like Jurassic World, where they bring back the Asian scientist from the first one. He says, look, you wanted these things to look a certain way. Otherwise, we would have used different types of DNA and they would have looked more like birds. Right. But you wanted the reptile look. And just like with the dodo or whatever they're saying, they're, they're supposed to put 
certain parts of the DNA in combination in there. So, so really what you're looking at is, you know, total fiction, whether this is a T-Rex or a Velociraptor or whatever, th this is probably not even close to how they looked at all. So, so not only is it fictitious via Jack Black, but it's fictitious via the, via the dinosaur representation. And it's fictitious that the United Nation gives a rat's ass about you. Just want to point it out. I know a thing or two about extinction. And let me tell you, and you'd kind of think this would be obvious, going extinct is a bad thing. Dun, 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 dun. Serious undertone music. And driving yourselves extinct in 70 million years, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I mean, is it? Is it, Jack? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, animated, sorted dinosaur. At least we had an asteroid. What's your excuse? You're headed for a climate disaster, and yet every year governments spend hundreds of billions of... Oh, they, they love those shots. Oh, my God! Ice is dissolving into the ocean. Oh, my God! Every time I see some shit like that, I'm just like, yeah, is that supposed to scare me? You use that to scare a bunch of people showing ice falling into the ocean. Wow. Wow, indeed. Public funds on fossil fuel subsidies. Imagine if we had spent hundreds of billions per year subsidizing giant meteors. That's what you're doing right now. Think of all the other things you could do with that money. Around the world, people are living in poverty. Don't you think helping them would make more sense than, I don't know, paying for the demise of your entire species? Let me be real for a second. You've got a huge opportunity right now. As you rebuild your economies and bounce back from this pandemic, this is humanity's big chance. It's your chance. You know, after you locked everybody down and you gave your authoritative viewpoints, now you can really take over. You can save the planet. In fact, CNBC is typing it up right now. And I believe in a mask. Let's bring it back. I mean, is that person in a mask who's typing all this up after after this? You know, again, we're going to no, not in a mask, but CNBC. See, I just uh, I, I, I'm projecting MSNBC, CNBC, NBC. I, I think mask. But again, we're, we're, we're going to save the world. Let me be real for a second. You've got a huge opportunity right now. Yeah, big opportunity. As you rebuild your economies and bounce back from this pandemic, this is humanity's big chance. So here's my wild idea. Don't choose extinction. Save your species before it's too late. And, and I actually agree with the dinosaur. We need to save our species. We need to battle these anti-human authoritarians that are acting like benevolent saviors, taking us into a fourth industrial revolution hellscape. I'm trying, I'm trying, Jack. But guys like you are signing on to the bullshit, bro. You know, I, I've got a, a another one. Is that, yeah, I think, it, I think it's this one right here. And you know, this actually had Forrest Whitaker in it talking about the sustainable uh, development goals. It even had Jeffrey Sachs in it, who I like. And I like Forrest Whitaker too. I don't think we're going to end up playing it today. I think we're going to finish this one up and then I'm going to I'm going to leave it with Bushnell letting you know again what sustainability really means. It's time for you humans to stop making excuses and start making changes. Thank you.
So you want to see what we need to fight. They're telling you it's now or never here. Yeah, it is now or never to fight this agenda right here. In fact, prevention of collapse in the ecosystem has now become the overwhelming issue. Uh, current food production is based on freshwater plants, i.e. glycophytes. We're running out of fresh water, as you know. Uh, the code word is sustainability. Uh, the crashing of the ecosystem is due to population growth and the way we're now living, our standard of living. Uh, the estimates vary between 30 and 50% of a planet that we're currently short to uh, subs uh, sustain the standard of living and the, and the current population, much less the population growth. Uh, as the Asians and their billions come up as they are at 9 to 11% growth rate, the Western standards of living, we're going to be short three more planets, and they're not readily available. This will result in peak everything. Uh, this will result in standards of living plunging. So this is Malthus 101. These innate ecosystem restrictions and shortfalls will necessarily shift world uh, econometrics from a growth mantra to one of sustainability, with possible population control instigated along the way that changes everything. So right there. I mean, he, he lays it down. Your standard of living will plummet. It is a code word. We are going to take the growth mantra to one of sustainability, one we cannot escape right now that we're talking about. All right. Malthus 101, Malthusianism is not good news for us folks. And when I say us, I say the vast majority of the human species. And that they, not you and I, but they, this, oh, who are they? Well, we're the ones that are part of the directed evolution. We're the ones that matter. We're the humans that matter. Instigate world population control that changes everything. Have they done that? On behalf of this next agenda of productivity improvement, which fits right in to this fourth industrial revolution I continue to speak on. Uh, in terms of employment, just as an example, uh, we are in a jobless economic recovery. There's about 7 million jobs missing. Some of them were globalized and offshore. About a the rest of them are gone. Uh, the code word is productivity improvement, which is a code word for ever better automation and robotization. Uh, if you look at the way the robots are going, uh, human level machine intelligence from the IBM Brain Project is now about 10 to 15 years out. Via biomimetics, where they've nanosection the neocortex and they're replicating it in silicon, okay? And they're, they're having great success in all of this. So this is not soft computing, this is via biomimetics. Uh, we have looked 20, 30 years out with the way robotics and automation and machine intelligence is going at, at what jobs the machines cannot do. The answer is none. Uh, we thought we need human touch labor in nursing homes for a while, but the Japanese two years ago put robots in nursing homes and patients like them much better than the humans. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we did the avatar coffee shop yesterday. See, ha, 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 The machines are creating wealth within the structures of the ecosystem 
uh, capability. The machines are reducing costs, okay, producing wealth, but uh, the humans increasingly can't compete. Yeah, you can't compete. And if you listen to them, it ends up with human contaminated machines. I am Jason Burmis. This is Reality Rants. I want to encourage everybody out there that has not seen the documentary films, Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order to Find and Shade the Motion Picture. Watch them today. Share them today. Support the broadcast via the links down below. Support redvoicemedia.com. I absolutely love you guys. None of these issues today that we discussed are right or left issues. They are right and wrong issues. We need to come together and become the great resistance to this very real great reset agenda. I love you guys. I'll see you on the flip side.